You're listening to the Stellar Life Project podcast, the podcast for modern leaders who are tired of hustle culture and ready to invite more ease into their lives. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth. I'm a master teacher and coach, and I'm obsessed with helping you avoid burnout, create a sustainable lifestyle, and still enjoy optimal success on your terms in your career or business. You'll hear inspiring stories of possibility from my guests, and you'll get empowering strategies from me to support you in creating and living your own stellar life. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Stellar Life Project podcast. Today's guest has over 20 years experience in corporations and retail, including a 13-year career as a human resource professional with a large international corporation. And she took all of her experience of leadership and working with employees, and she pursued a different passion. She took a different route with her, her leadership and answered the call of her own creativity to express herself as she wanted to express herself, but also to help other people express themselves, to help them shine and really step into who they want to be. Now, that might make it sound like she's a coach, and she is in some ways. She's a style coach. She's a stylist and a speaker. She is a facilitator of events that bring people together to explore their creativity and to connect more with themselves through creativity, through fashion, through style, and so that they can just express themselves to their fullest. And it's my pleasure to introduce to you Shelby Aloria. Shelby, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really, really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Deb. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. So when I first met you and I had the opportunity to hear your story, it resonated with me because so many of the people that I work with and my own journey was to break free of other people's versions of success. And you definitely did that. Will you start us off by just telling us a little bit about your story and and what that journey was like when you realized, holy crap, this is somebody else's version of success? Yeah. Well, I I grew up where what you did was you go to university, you get a career, you get married, have kids, get a, a house and a bigger house. And I I went with that. I I'm a very I, I grew up in a very conservative home where we, you know, we we had certain ways of doing things and we had certain priorities that, that we would focus on. And so that's what I did. I went to university, I got my bachelor of commerce, I got into my career. And all the while, when I was in my late teens, I would say I had this moment where inside I was like, I am going to be on stage one day. I am going to be a speaker and I'm going to have a message to tell people. And in that moment, I was like, yeah, but no, 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 no. I don't want to, I don't like talking in front of people. I would call myself a, a shy extrovert. I loved being around people, but I didn't like being the center of attention with people. I didn't like talking to people, but it was something that stuck through, stuck with me. And I got into my HR career working for a company and I would facilitate different courses or various things like that. And I was like, okay, okay, this is, 
this is the thing. This is what I'm supposed to do. I enjoy doing it. That's the speaking that I was supposed to do. And I was just totally kidding myself. And as I moved through my career, I constantly had this, something's not right. Something's not gelling with me. And I started to look for, well, maybe I need a different company. And then I dug deep and I was like, okay, no, it's not a different company. It's I need to do something that lights me up and that is true to who I am. And I started looking at, I got a bit of an entrepreneur bug from my dad. And so I started thinking, well, maybe, maybe I'll start a business. And I started looking for all these different things and different options. Nothing was resonating with me. And then in finally in the end of 2016, I, the company I was working with was going through a, a fourth round of layoffs and I ended up being impacted. And it was one of those moments where it was exactly what was supposed to happen to me because I wouldn't have left on my own. It's really hard when you're getting a steady paycheck and you get benefits and all of that. It's really hard to leave. And I commend anyone who does make that choice themselves. And I decided to, to, you know, not get into another company, not, I went for a few interviews and I could just feel inside of me that it wasn't right. It wasn't what I was supposed to do. And I decided, okay, well, what, what do I want to do? I love business. I've always loved clothing and style, but I always had this hang up that it was vanity. So it wasn't something that I could pursue. However, when I really started to thinking about it over the years, people have always said, hey, can you shop, do some shopping with me and help me discover what I should wear or tell me what to wear? And so I decided, you know what, if I really think about it in my time in HR, I could see individuals when they were wearing clothing that lit them up and I could see that other people could hear what they were saying And when people weren't, others didn't hear. So it's a communication tool. And I was like, you know what? This is something that I can help people with. And it's something that I I love looking at people as individuals. And it's something I can help someone figure out who they are based on what they're wearing. And so I started All Set Style. Also knowing that that wasn't going to be my only thing. This wasn't the end for me. There's something even bigger. And as, I, as I've navigated All Set Style and, and the style business, I've also realized that there's something you talk a lot about is a zone of genius in a lot of the podcasts that I've gone back and listened to. And it got me thinking, okay, well, what is that for, for me? And what does that look like for me? And now I'm starting to venture in this other area where it's looking at the inside of people. And this is the the Shelby Aloria part of who I am is really taking it to using the outside as a communication tool, but also digging into who someone is inside. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And there's just, there's so much in what you just shared. And I agree with you that fashion is a communication tool. I actually did a talk once for a group about fashion being rhetorical. And rhetoric is the art of persuasion, the study of the art of persuasion. And really what we wear persuades people to see us in a certain way. It also persuades us to view ourselves in a certain way. So how we're choosing to express ourselves, I, I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that. It's it's such an important part of 
how we show up in the world. And there is this messaging, it's vanity, it's not that important, it shouldn't matter. And especially if you're coming from a, a certain conservative communities, right? And where this messaging is that women shouldn't adorn themselves, that somehow that's sinful or bad. And vanity is a terrible thing. And so it's a really important message that what you wear says a lot about you. Like when I feel my worst is when I dress up my best because it makes me feel better. So, so important. Another thing that I was reminded of as you were speaking was then the finding of your zone of genius and kind of knowing that this was a gift you had of helping people. You told this story when we first met. We were we met at an advanced speaker training uh, seminar and you were telling a story in one of the exercises about some shoes. Can you tell us that story? That wasn't the bright colored shoes, weren't yes, they? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the orange shoes. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, and I, I, I understand it now, I didn't understand it at the time, but I've always been drawn to very unique pieces of clothing. And I remember I was in a store when I was, uh, I don't know, it was probably junior high middle school age, I went into the store and I saw these patent orange shoes. They were like sneakers. And I fell in love with them. I was like, they are beautiful. But I left and I was like, I don't know. I, I, you know, you don't have a lot of money when you're that age to spend. And my parents wouldn't just buy me things. So I had to leave and think about it. And then I started saving some money from my paper route. And I decided to go back and get them because I couldn't stop thinking about them. So I bought these orange sneakers and I wore them to school and people started making fun of me. And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe these aren't cool. Maybe these aren't <laughs> what I should be wearing. And it caused me to start questioning my own style and my own desire for what to wear. And I, I, from what I can remember, I wore them a few more times and then I let what other people were saying cause me to not love them the way I did. Mm-hmm. And it re- made me really see looking back how much we, when we're uncomfortable with a certain style or something that doesn't make us, you know, from the other kids who were her looking at me, this is something different. She's not following the the norms. And so that's different. And so what we're going to say something about it. And it's kind of sad that that happens or really sad that that happens. And it, it echoes through even later as we make choices in leaving a career, leaving the solid, stable paycheck and branching out and doing something a little different. And you know, it's just a reminder. I love that story because it it points to so many things. The joy that you found in something beautiful and something colorful and orange is such a joyous color. I've only recently invited it into my wardrobe and I have one jacket in orange that I just love. And it's it's joyous. And, you know, for a long time, I thought I can't wear orange and orange is too loud and people are going to notice me if I wear it. So I hear you on that. And, you know, other people want us to fit in because they feel more comfortable when we fit in. And there's this struggle to fit in. I had a client say to me earlier this week, I don't know where I fit in. I'm like, good. Because our whole goal in the time we've been working together is to get you to stand out. And she had, a, she's like, oh yeah, I forgot. Right. And she came to me, she'd been feeling so good. And then she came to me and said, I don't know where I fit in. 
And so it's interesting how when we step forward like that and let ourselves shine, that in your case with the shoes, your classmates put you back in line and got you there. But if it becomes this thing that gets inside of us, that we then start self-policing, where do I fit in when we start shining to a certain degree? So how do you deal with that in your style business with your clients when they're, they come to you probably because they're wanting to let a little bit more of themselves out and then they resist the shining? What, what do you tell them? Well, I, I think a lot of people come to me because they, they want to fit in and they're like, well, just tell me what, what is right. Just tell me what is cool or on trend or whatever. And what I do is I have a process that I go through with every client to help me see them. And I, I'm expo- I've started exploring this idea of our style mindset because just like that story of my shoes is that could have broken me to ever try and stand out for the rest of my life. I could, and I may not have known that, but it could be this, this thing that I tell myself over and over this story I have in my mind. Well, don't get the orange shoes or don't get the bright colored coat. Don't get the orange coat because it's going to make you stand out. And so part of what I do is I really try to figure out who they are. And by doing that, I can start to draw out what is that? What is that thing that gives them a spark? I had a client recently who, she's a flare. And as soon as I discovered that flare and we went into her wardrobe and the pieces that I pulled out, because she thought I was going to tell her to get rid of everything in her closet. And I'm like, no. And as soon as I had her put on the things that had this little, this little flare, she lit up. She lit up and she was like, I could just see it in her posture, in her face, in her eyes, everything. And it was so beautiful. And that to me is why I do what I do is I want someone to be able to unleash their style and unleash who they are. And I am, as I'm starting to move into some of this more inner work, I think a lot of that has to do with the the stories that we tell ourselves. And there's so much in packed into our past, whether we've had a great past or not. I had a great childhood. However, there's a lot of things that I've started unpacking that we we talked about, Deb, that I've started to realize, oh, well, maybe that isn't true. And I, I think even in our style and our wardrobes, there's a lot that we have to unpack within that. Yes, so true. And I love what you said, because even if you've had a great childhood, it doesn't mean that you're going to have nothing to address as an adult. Because a lot of people think, well, I should have nothing. I shouldn't complain. I've got nothing to complain about. I had a great childhood. Our brains will still make meaning of things. We are meaning-making machines. So sometimes, you know, our little brains will go, oh, that's what that means, which is not at all true. And then we carry that with us for the rest of our lives. I need to stand in. I should wear gray. I should. My grandmother said to me, bless her soul, is she said to me one day, you don't look good in navy. And for years, I mean, I literally to this day have nothing navy in my closet. And 
what I realized is like, oh, actually there are some navies that I look good in. So I'm actually on the hunt right now for a navy blazer um, and something in navy and I'm open to it. It's interesting. You can't find it when you're looking for it. But for years, and that was like 30 years ago, she said that to me. We're standing in this store. She's like, oh, you don't look good in navy. And it was probably that particular navy. But it's interesting how we take those things, we make them our truth. And we build the rest of our life based on that truth. In this case, we built our wardrobe based on the truth that I don't look good in navy, right? I didn't think I could wear orange. There was lots of things that I made true because of somebody else's opinion rather yeah. than exploring, well, how do I feel? And yeah, there's some oranges I can't wear. And there's, there are some that I can, apparently, and I'm so excited about it. Um, and it's, it's, it's symbolic. I mean, you know, as, I, as I'm saying this, people are like, what is she talking about style and fashion for? Well, because it is a representation of what's going on inside. And I love that you do this inside out work because it is not vanity. It is a part of our expression. And the, I want to talk about creativity in a minute, but be before we do, I want to go back to what you said when you decided to become an entrepreneur and, you know, make a job of something, make a business of something that seems frivolous, that seems like, how can you possibly make a living at that? Did you get any of that from your family and friends? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I got a lot of that is, and, and, you know, it's been a hard, one thing I've realized I'm five, almost five years in, and I've realized it's hard to build a business on something that people don't understand or don't fully understand. And it is really difficult. However, I, held on to this thing inside of me that I, I had that, that why, that why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's, what's kept me going for five years. I will say that I've definitely am thankful for my husband and for his support because I may not have been able to pay all my bills if I was on my own. And it's, so it's hard to, you know, I, the first few years, especially it's really, really hard and I just knew, I knew why. And I knew I, I went back to, kept going back to that why. Yeah. So let's be clear on that, that entrepreneurship is a journey and how hard it is, is determined largely by our mindset. I'm wondering how much mindset stuff you had to get through. Cause if you went in with the story, oh, this is going to be hard. Tell us about yeah. that. Oh, mindset is huge. And actually one of my favorite, absolute favorite books that I think everybody should read is Mindset by Carol Dweck. And it's a, a book that I had in, I don't know, it was a, a podcast or something I was listening to. And he mentioned it and he said he re reads it every single year. And immediately I went out and got it. And that having that growth mindset, it was an understanding a growth versus fixed. And in some areas of our life, we, we will have one or the other. It doesn't mean that we just have one mindset and that really helped. And there was days that I had to just get up and be like, okay, Shelby, we're doing this. Okay. We're doing this again. We're doing this again. And one thing I will say that I think was key is having people in my life who wanted to see me succeed. And I had to find those people. And I'm so grateful for the people who've come alongside and I want to see them succeed and they want to see me succeed. And it's those people that on the days where I'm like, I can't do this anymore, that they're like, okay, but you can. So feel the emotions. That's okay. And then let's keep going. Mm. 
So good to just remind yourself that you can keep going and there will be days where you don't feel like it. And what's key is that having, there's two things I want to make sure that the listeners got on that one. One, be really clear on your why. Be really clear why you're doing this thing, why it's important to you, what you're going to gain from it, what other people are going to gain from it. And two is to surround yourself with other people who want to see you succeed. Because as we know from the orange shoe story, there are a lot of people who don't want you to succeed because it'll make them feel better about the choices they've made to not even try. Oh, yes. Yes. It's that whole idea. And this is a journey I've been on the last few years as I've really changed a lot of my belief system. And we haven't even touched on that, but I've changed a lot in my belief system. and, And it's, yeah, that's been huge for me is is understanding why I choose to keeping myself small to not allow other people to to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if we're if we're pleasers as women, we're told to be nice. We're trained. No matter you come from a very conservative religious background, and it's very strong in that community. Women should be nice. Girls should be nice and quiet and not too loud. And and it permeates the rest of our culture in ways I think people aren't even, I believe they're not even aware of because you may live in a secular community, you may have no religious affiliations, and there's so much um, of the foundation of our culture is rooted in those religious beliefs and dogma. So Mm -hmm. let's just put creativity to the side for a second because I think it's, I want to go down that path if you're willing about the changing your beliefs because I think it's an important conversation that leads into your creativity because you weren't fully able to be creative until you you followed that. I'm not saying you can't be creative and keep your religious beliefs. And, but for you, it was a matter of you need to clear some stuff and really get into the heart of it. So tell us about that. Yeah, a lot of it came down to releasing guilt. And because a lot of it, I realized, and I didn't realize this, you know, growing up and for most of my 20s and 30s, I didn't realize how much guilt I had layered, layered in my beliefs. And it was starting to unpack what is that guilt? What is that? How has it shaped who I am? How has it shaped what I do? and who I've become. And that that and, and I don't know that everyone who grows up in a religious home or a religious in a, um, any type of faith necessarily feels that, but that was part of, I, I think our own personalities play into that. Mm-hmm. And how because we make meaning I, of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because you might take two people who grow up in the exact same home and one will go one way and one will go the other in terms of how, how much guilt they allow themselves to feel or whatever the, the topic is. And that was really big for me is not feeling like I was going to be punished for allowing myself to think, well, do I really believe this or why do I believe this? And allowing to start see myself not feel the guilt of blossoming into who I am. And that is not keeping myself small so I don't make others feel bad. And like you said, that that's a lot of the language, whether you're in a religious or faith community or you are in a secular community, I think a lot of what we've learned 
growing up, it, it's changing now, I think, but a, a lot of when I was growing up, it, it is that you're a good girl, you stay quiet, don't don't make yourself bigger because you might make someone else feel bad. And so don't wear the orange shoes because you might make someone else feel bad, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's been a really interesting journey unpacking all of that and recognizing I had an amazing childhood. I have incredible parents. And yet I still realized I had a lot of those layers of things that I allowed to build up in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this flip side of the story we tell ourselves. Don't wear the orange shoes because you might make somebody feel bad. And the Stellar Life Project is about turning that on its head and saying, wear the damn orange shoes because you might give somebody else permission to do so. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And being the first one to wear the orange shoes can be hard because mm-hmm. you're, you've got all this cultural and family stuff and all this stuff and people around you trying to get you to not wear them because, right? When we stand out, we might die. Yeah. So yeah. there's it's a lot of um, deep, deep work to be done around that. It's like, wear the shoes, people. Wear the shoes. You might give someone else permission to do that. Yeah, exactly. And it's I, I've started writing a book. And a lot of it is around, around these things I'm talking about, but also around that we so often look to other people to give us permission. Mm-hmm. But we need to learn to give permission to ourselves. And is that giving ourselves permission to wear the orange shoes? And it, it's interesting. I mean, we could probably go down a whole other rabbit trail about this, but it, it is interesting is even I'm reading this book right now about dress codes and it's really looking at making a statement. I don't care about dress codes and what I wear is a gray t-shirt and denim every day. And because I'm above dress codes, well, that in and of itself is you're making a fashion statement. You're setting a dress code. It's a uniform. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so we, we can't get away from this, but so we have to really think about our why. Why do I want to wear the orange shoes? Mm -hmm. And if I want to wear the orange shoes because they make me feel amazing and they give me that that energy and then wear them. If I'm wearing them because I want to prove a point to someone else, maybe that's not the best reason why. But yeah, 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 I I like that. It's it's not coming from a place of it's bringing you joy. It's coming from a, a different place of proving yourself which is yeah. never a healthy place to come from. So, no. yeah, and I agree with you. The I, I don't know that book, but dress code. Like, we all have uniform. And your uniform might be, I'm hiding. I'm blending into the wall. I prefer to be on the wall, the wallflower, right? And it may be orange shoes. It may be the, the great t-shirt. I mean, look at Steve Jobs. And there's, there's more to it here because Steve Jobs, he had his uniform, there was also this element, um, he wore the same thing all the time to clear brain space. Uh, Barack Obama did the same thing. He had two colored suits. He wore them, alternated them, and he let his daughters choose his ties because these are men who were making important decisions and didn't want to use up their brain power to make the decision about what to wear. Because it does take some thought. It is a creative endeavor and it takes some thought. And when you're making decisions, you have a limited capacity for decision-making every day. This is why 
if you're on a diet and at the end of the day, you haven't decided what to make for dinner, you might end up eating you know, ice cream because you haven't made the decision when your willpower was strong, when you had a full bank of decisions to be made. So it, it is an important part. So I want to talk about the creativity part because it does take some effort to be creative with your wardrobe. Why is it important though? Because we can say, oh, it's just too, it's too much effort. I don't want to be, I don't want to bother with that. Well, it's important because it is, it's part of expressing who we are and it's part of telling others who we are. And even more importantly, it's partly telling us who we are. And there, there was a study I had read that it, on average, women spend 17 minutes a day staring at their wardrobe. And that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time to be spent staring and being like, I have nothing to wear. And a lot of the work that I do is, yes, there's upfront work by investing intentional time to figure out who you are and what your wardrobe should look like. You're then freeing up time in the future so that you don't spend that 17 minutes. And by having a wardrobe that, if you think about it or your listeners think about it, think about a time when you put something on and it just made you feel like a rock star. And it's just something that it it changes your mood. <laughs> it can change, like you said, on the days you feel the worst, you wear your best. And by having that decision made ahead of time, you're elevating your mood. You're telling yourself that you're important enough to wear something that makes you feel good and wearing it for yourself, not wearing it for other people. And when you have a wardrobe that speaks who you are, it makes you excited. And you can start your day instead of thinking, oh gosh, like I just put on a you know shirt I don't feel good in and these pants that I have to pull up all the time or whatever that is. Then you're you're starting your day with that mindset of, oh, I'm not important enough. Oh, I don't know what to wear. Oh, I don't have style. Oh, I'd rather hide and stay home and not go see anybody, or whatever it is. And for me, I'm like, I don't want anyone to feel that way. I don't want what you wear to be a barrier to all the amazing things that you can do. And by spent investing some intentional time into having a wardrobe that speaks who you are, even if you're by yourself all day. Mm -hmm. I find on the days I'm by myself, I dress as well as I would when I'm going out because to me, I'm, I'm speaking to myself. I'm telling myself I am worth it. Mm -hmm. I do the same. And I hear a lot of entrepreneurs talk about, Oh, I just wear sweats all the time. And, and I think it's important. Get dressed, get dressed Mm -hmm. because you tell yourself this is this is important. I used to teach at a private school. And on the days we had non-uniform, it was crazy. The kids didn't know what to do. They were all hyper and everything. Whereas when they were in uniform, it's like they told their brains, oh, it's a school day. But it was not uniform. It was like free for all. Their brains were like, wah. So I think it helps you focus. And, and you know, one of the things that I, I love, I'm a sucker for systems. I love systems in business and in life, anything that's going to make us more productive. And because ultimately more, when we're more productive, we're more successful. We feel more accomplished. And I think what I heard you say, and I hope the listeners picked it up too, was that 
Your wardrobe can be a system too. You can plan it ahead. You can make it something that's really creative and enjoyable for you. That you take some time to plan ahead. What are you going to wear um, so that you feel great? Like I have an event I'm going to next week. I already know what I'm wearing because it's part of like, who do I want to be when I go there? Who do I want to show up as like in terms of my brand and who I am in that space? that way as a brand, but also just what's going to feel good for me. What's going to feel like this is like my expression of who I want to be. And today it was like, I wore this sweater because I just wanted to be cozy. Today was cozy. It was green. Also because the white shirt that I was going to wear, I thought I'm going to be too cold if I wear that. So sometimes it's practical, right? But planning ahead can be a really enjoyable thing as opposed to sitting there, what am I going to wear? And a tip that I learned, because you know, I'm obsessed with Trini Woodall, was to make sure that everything in your closet has at least eight best friends. It makes it so much easier to to plan ahead. So make it a system. And it's a system that will lead you to feeling success in your wardrobe and a success in how you express yourself, which is all part of your brand if you're a business person or if you're someone who's in leadership, right? If you're showing up in your sweats and you're a leader, it has an effect, right? Like I want to, Remember when I was a teacher, because I always dressed well. I never wore jeans. We were allowed to, and I never did because I enjoyed dressing well. And the students noticed. The students would comment on how, how nicely I dressed compared to other teachers who showed up in, you know, workout gear and sweatpants. And you can, and it's fine if that's how you feel okay. If you feel good, fine. I don't. And so it does impact the people who are looking up to you, how you show up. Absolutely. And even like you said, wearing a sweater to be cozy, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, and you look very put together, but it's not feeling sloppy. Cause when you start wearing clothes that feel sloppy and you can wear, people can wear dress clothes that, or business casual clothes that make you feel sloppy. And when you feel sloppy, then that, that trickles into your mindset. It trickles into your, um, into your work, into your, how you produce, how you interact with people. And that's not what we want. There'll be a sloppiness in how you run your business, how you run your team, how you show up. And, and, and they'll, it just, it does spill over into the rest of your life. And so there's a way, way to bring it together here. Creativity. It's a big part of what you do and your job and your pull to it. It's like, I just want to talk about it because I think it's really important. I think all of us are craving creativity. And this is, I think with our fashion, that's what I found recently. A couple of years ago, I worked with a stylist, wasn't Shelby because I didn't know her then. Um, and it was a great experience because it opened up this, this world of, it was something I'd always wanted to do. And it opened up this world of being creative with my wardrobe. So Because I, I was getting tired of standing there looking at my closet saying I have nothing to wear. And it's, I've moved into this place where it's real become a real joy for me. I was out for dinner last night with a friend and we just like talk about stuff. And then we're like, okay, let's talk about fashion. Let's talk about, have you bought anything? What are you doing? Like, you know, she's on the hunt for a, a navy blue sweater and she's looking for specific things and we're, you know, strategizing around it. And, and it's fun and it's creative. And so I guess there was that resistance that you felt and how did you... What was your experience moving into creativity, allowing yourself to be creative? Because I think a lot of us think that it's, it's frivolous to be creative. Yeah. yeah. I, I always told myself I wasn't a creative person. 
I, that's, that's what I thought. It was like, I'm a business minded person. I'm a, you know, I, especially working in the corporate world. However, I look back and I'm like, oh, interesting. I, at one point started making jewelry as a creative outlet. I, at one point started when, um, scrapbooking was the big craze. I would scrapbook and I, I realized I needed this creative outlet and I coming into the, even, even into starting my business, I still didn't have that mindset of I'm a creative person. And it's been a process of telling myself that fashion is creativity and what we wear every day, it is a part of creativity. And whether you see yourself as a creative person or not, I will tell you, you are. We are all creative people. Mm-hmm. We express it in different ways. Sometimes it, you know, someone is an artist and they create all the time. Sometimes you, <laughs> I was going to say you're an accountant, but you don't really want to do creative accounting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but maybe there's some part of what you do that can be a, a creative outlet for that. And if you can't specifically in what you do, then outside of your your job outside of your career, what you do can be very creative. And I, it's this, um, I I've actually, am starting a, another venture of course, cause you know, why, why just do one thing, um, with a, a friend of mine all around creativity. And so we had this summit and it was called the creative style maker summit. She's really big in the knitting, uh, and textile world, whereas I'm not, but we've collaborated because a lot of people in that world who create things, they still need to know, well, what are the best colors and styles? How do I create things that I'll actually wear? And as we've continued to go, we're like, well, let's make this bigger because creativity isn't centered around one thing. Creativity yes. affects, it's the space that we're in. We had an architect speak at this at this summit and it, it affects like the space that we have can create our creative genius and what we allow our minds to do it can affect our creativity so I I love this idea of being creative and I've been able to express my creativity in a different way by styling photo shoots which has been a lot of fun is styling models and and working with a photographer we've been published I think it's been over in over 10 different magazines and one day we will get paid to do this that's our our goal is to have Vogue or some company like that um, fly us somewhere to be able to work but it's it's this creative expression even starting it into the photo shoots I was like I don't know why you're asking me I'm not a creative person but it's been a journey of being like, okay, maybe I am. If I open myself up and I allow myself to just think and be curious and follow my curiosity about things, it's amazing the creativity that can come out of it. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we are all creative beings. That's just our nature. And I always tell people when they say to me, I'm not creative. Really? I see you as creative and I know you're creative because you have created the life you're living. And it may not be the life you want. So let's get intentional about your creation. So it's the language I use when I talk to my clients. What do you want to create in your life or in your business? Because we have that creative power. So you may not think of yourself as an artist, as a creative, a a crafter, a knitter, but there are ways that you are creative. Everybody is. You can't get away from it. Might be that you like cooking and 
putting food together in a certain way. It could be how you decorate. It might be how you line up your books on your bookshelf. There's no limit to what creativity is. And we tend to have this really narrow, narrow definition of it. And I just wanted to, I, one of the reasons I wanted you on the show is to invite people to see that fashion is, yes, it's system. It's it, There's a system around it. There's It's branding, but it's also a way that you can be creative without anything, any, anything extra really to your life. Because you're going to be getting dressed anyways, most of the time. So why not just add a little bit of fun and spark and creativity to the process so that uh, you can experience the joy of that? And that's what the invitation is, is to make that something joyful for yourself. Yeah, I, I really see fashion as there's an art and a science to it. And I, I love when I work with certain clients, they're usually male clients, and I go through my style foundations with them and they're like, oh, there's like, this makes a lot of sense. It's very logical. It seems very scientific, but then there's also the, the art of it, that creativity part of it. And I, and I love, one of my favorite things is when I run into a client or I, I meet up with them or they send me a note and they're like, our work together sparked something in them. And they've been able to take their wardrobe to a whole new level and have a lot of fun with it. And I love that. I just, to me, that's like makes everything I do worth it when I see someone just kind of what our work together and then they launch into something totally new. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you were talking about that, I I remember I've heard so many people who say, I just want to be more confident. What a great place to start right? There's, yeah. is starting with yourself. And when you're more confident in your wardrobe and in your expression of yourself, it'll be easier to be more confident in other areas. So when we look at the Stellar Life Project, there's a whole bunch of different zones, as you know, we've talked about work, we've talked about play, play and creativity and how you can bring that in to your expression in your, your branding. If you're an entrepreneur, your branding, if you're a leader, just into pleasure for yourself. It doesn't have to be all business make it pleasure. And then there's these other areas. And one of the things that we talked about early on is how we take care of yourself. So I want to move into like you as a business owner and you said your husband really supported you in that, that process. So there's two, two parts to this question really. It's like, what do you do now to take care of yourself to make sure you're maintaining that, that balance and not wearing yourself out? Because as you said, there's always something more we could be doing in our business. And then the second part we'll come back to is that, that support. How do you maintain your, the health of your relationship as well? Yeah. Well, in terms of the, it's funny that that you bring this up because I'm, I'm feeling in myself and this has happened a few times over the years where it's like, I need a break. And I can, I can feel that inside myself. And so I'm intentionally taking time off, not going through everything or like checking emails, actually putting my out of office on. And I, I, one of the biggest things is boundaries to be able to maintain it. it and, and I, I, first started exploring this in my my corporate career is understanding boundaries. And if you tell someone that they can call you on your day off, they will call you. Or if you answer the phone on your day off, they will continue to do that. And unless you're, it's a life or death, I've never done any work that's life or death. So it can wait. And that's one thing I found with being a business owner is understanding the boundaries and also understanding what you need as an individual. It's so easy to get sucked into 
you are your business, but you're not your business. Your business is a part of you, but it's not all of you. And I went through this a few years ago where, and I actually took a step back and I'm like, well, what are my values? I have business values, but what are my values? And I went through this whole exercise of defining my personal values and defining my personal vision and mission. And it's incredible how much that has helped me in my decisions around my business, around other businesses, and then also around my personal life and my health is one of my values is health, the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health. And part of that is making sure I move my body. I move my body. And yes, I go through days where I don't do it or times where I struggle with it, but it's moving it every day, having a good morning routine. Uh, for me, it's it's making sure that I spend time meditating, reading, journaling. And it's incredible the amount of energy that comes out of that even though I might wake up earlier than I otherwise would, but the energy that comes out of that is incredible. And it's, it's taking care of myself and it's making sure that I do that so that I can take care of other people and I can be there and show up as my best for other people. There's this theme that keeps coming forward with what I teach and with my guests, all of them. It's, you know, what are those keys to success is just taking care of yourself. You are not your business. Your business is something you're creating in the world. And so many people get so enmeshed with it that they never shut off. And it's it's challenging, especially we love what we're doing. It's really easy for me to work into the evening. Just, I'm just going to just do this one more thing because it's fun. And I, I have to just be really intentional too to stop myself and remind myself that I've got to, the reason I'm doing this is to create this life that I want and take the rest. And the other thing is the morning routine. So important, right? You've got to fill your own cup because when you're an entrepreneur, you're usually, or even if you're a leader, you're serving other people. You're in service. You're giving all day long. Even sometimes when you feel like you're not even interacting with clients, they're still giving to what you're doing because you're creating things for clients. And, um, creating experiences or setting things up, right? So there's always this giving. So you've got to fill yourself up first. And I thank you for, again, reminding the listeners of that. It's so important. And it doesn't have to be a huge, long routine. It doesn't have to look the same every day. But those pieces of meditation and moving your body and listening to your body, because again, that's a theme that's come up a few times with my guests. Listen to your body. And that's a key part of the Stellar Life Project is to pay attention to the messages of your body because your body will tell you it's yeah. time to step back. Yeah. 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 And if you're not in tune with that, if you're not in sync with yourself and with your body, you're going to miss it and you're going to reach burnout. And that is what we are trying to avoid. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so we're coming closer to the end of our time together. There's a few more questions I have for you, and then we're going to go to the rapid fire questions. But the hot topic that a lot of people get really uncomfortable about is around money. And I know there's a lot of stuff coming from, because uh, I also come from a, um, an evangelical um, Christian background where there's a lot of messages about money too. Um, and when you go into entrepreneurship, you've got to come face to face with those things. So you said there was sometimes you felt like you couldn't pay your bills and your husband was there to help you. And 
let's get into the nitty gritty of that. Tell us, how did you get over that stuff? What came up for you? How did you have to handle your money story? Well, one of the biggest things was coming face to face with, it's okay to earn money. It's okay to want to make money. And it's okay to want to make more than the bare minimum of money. And those are, those are hard questions when you, when you grow up in a, in a state where it's like, no, you can't, you can't want more. You can't want excess. Or if you do, it's a dirty little secret. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay, well, let's go back to why, why do I want to make money? And I, I was talking to an accountant recently and one of his philosophies is we have a right and a responsibility as business owners to earn a profit. And this is just like blown my mind because it's like, Mm. yeah, if I don't earn a profit, I'm not going to be around in a year or two. Say that for you again. We have a right and responsibility to earn a profit. And I've had to sit with that for a while because it is is hard to think, yeah, I'd like to make a million dollars annually in my business. And I do. I do want to. And I know very clearly what I want to do with that. And I don't think it's being selfish, but I've had to really work on myself with, well, why? Why do I want to? Is it okay to want to? And not feel guilty, not feel that guilt or not feel that I shouldn't want that. And not everyone needs to want that, but I, I, I think it is when it comes to money, it, it can be a really difficult, a difficult conversation with yourself. Yes. And it's a conversation you've got to have if you're going to allow yourself to be profitable in your business. Because yeah. well-funded women can make a huge difference in this world. And when we allow ourselves to make a profit, to, to grow our income in a way where we can impact other people. We can hire other people to do things which helps them live their dreams and their purpose and so many things that we can do when we come from that place. And it is coming back past all of that stuff of, yeah, is it okay? And even, and I, I, I know because I've been there too, that when you say, I want to earn a million dollars in our business, there's part of you going, yeah, but that's not really for me. That's part of right? And I want to encourage the readers, if I was readers, listeners, I want to encourage listeners, if you had that feeling of, oh, I want to earn a million dollars too, but that's not realistic. Because there's this, there's a movement out there. You've got a lot of coaches and people that say, you can earn a million dollars and you know, just do these six steps and you'll get it. And we don't believe it because it doesn't seem real. It seems a bit of a, mm, you know, an empty promise, right? And we don't believe we deserve it or we can actually do it. And anybody can. And it's really playing with that and allowing yourself first to desire it. That's the really first key step that I hope the listeners will take away. Just let yourself desire it first and work through what comes up around that. Because once you allow yourself to desire it and know why you want it and what you could do with it, then it becomes real and becomes more and more possible and you wade through it. And I don't want anybody to think that when I ask these questions, like, how did you get through your money story, that you're through it. We're all always through it. You know, you get to, you know, you work through this stuff and then you get to the next level of your business is like a next level of video games. Like, oh crap, this is here again, right? Because it's another level of breaking through that. And so it's always this process. 
Yeah, I think that that's a really good point because I'm nowhere near that million dollars. And in in my mind, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know I will. And I think that it goes back to that mindset of understanding that, you know what, we have to be open. We have to be open to doing things differently. We have to be open to challenging. I I had to do that this year where I made a really big shift in my, or I'm making a big shift in my business because what I was doing wasn't getting me to where I wanted to go. And I think that that's an important thing to remember when we do think about, okay, I want to get there. Well, we also have to take the steps. So you can have this this big goal, but then bring it down to Mm -hmm. the, okay, what's next? What's the next step? And make sure we do things differently. Yeah. Wonderful. I want to hear about the shift in your business. We've got a couple minutes for you to do that. And then we're going to go to the rapid fire questions because the shift in your business is kind of exciting a way, partly you telling people how they can work with you. So Mm -hmm. tell us about that. Well, something I've realized the last few months have been very busy one-on-one clients with me. And I, it's caused me to really take a step back and think about, okay, this is, this is good, but what part of it do I fires me up the most. And I've realized it's not necessarily the going out and shopping for somebody. It's the education. It's the inspiring someone to understand how they can learn to tackle their wardrobe differently and how they can tackle what they wear differently and learn it for themselves. So that's a big shift is I'm starting to create things that can impact more people And then it's also, how do I then reach the more people? And I'm also, so that's in the Allset style business. And then bringing in the the Shelby Aloria, the more internal work into that as well. So that's still a little bit newer. Um, So I'm still working on that. But I'm really starting to see how the two are melding and meshing together, which is very exciting. Yeah, it's beautiful. And just to uh, highlight there that as we, in our business, as we grow and we realize, okay, this is not sustainable anymore. This is not energizing anymore. How can we make shifts? And it's important to always be asking those questions. Wonderful. So I have some rapid fire questions for you. Ready for them? Yeah. So number one, I used to think there were two versions here. You might have a third answer. That's okay. Star Trek or Star Wars? I would say Star Trek. Do that. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping. Finally, somebody with Star Trek with me. Yeah. Favorite place to visit? Italy. Mm. Your zodiac sign? Oh. Taurus, I think. (laughs) Clearly, I pay attention to that. Right. Scariest thing you ever did? Start a business? (laughs) Non-negotiable self-care ritual? Move my body. The book you were most inspired by? Ah, I I may have mentioned it, yes. Mindset by Carol Dweck. It's a must-read. I agree. I read it every year, too. If you were a city, who would you be? New York. Mm, Lovely. Ninth question. You know that I called my business, The Stellar Life Project. It was a very personal project to begin with. If you had a title for your life and business, what would it be? A title for my life and business. Wow. These are, these, these are getting hard. 
We're almost done. Um, it, I don't know that I have a phrase right now, but it, it's something about just giving yourself permission. Mm. Just just digging deep and and releasing the the guilt and the questioning and everything and just just do it. Just give yourself mm. permission to do it and do it. Permission to wear orange shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yep. Success leaves clues. Shelby, what's one clue or tip that you want to leave to others if they are coming behind you? You can do more than you think you can. And you're here for a purpose. Beautiful. Thank you. Shelby, thank you so much for joining us. Let us know how people can get in touch with you. Where can they find yeah. you? You can find me. My website, my style website is allsetstyle.com. You can also find me on social media. I am on Instagram. I have two options on Instagram. One is allset.style and the other one is at Shelby Aloria. You can also find me on LinkedIn under both of those names as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was just so great to have this conversation with you. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. Thank you, audience, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this show. And if you did, please rate, review, follow us wherever your favorite place to listen to podcasts and share with your friends. And make sure you uh, check out what Shelby's doing um, if you want to get a revive and revitalization of your wardrobe. Okay, get creative. Make a wonderful day, friends. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and follow us wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth. See you next week on the Stellar Life Project podcast.